All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buy a Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, what's up? It's Bill Burr. Jesus Christ, am I pasty? It's the fucking overhead lighting there. Um, so what you're about to watch is the uh, live, not live, recorded live video that we did at the Troubadour. Um, had a great time when I was down there. Going to try to raise some money for that wonderful venue. Uh, just a little heads up. The audio kind of sucks in some places. Um, it's the first time we ever recorded down there. Had a little issue with my, uh, whatever the fuck you call a recording device. And there's an AC going on and off in the background. So apologies to that. But uh, I think Andrew Thamelis was able to do his uh, editing magic. And I think everything will be all right, hopefully. But thank you for watching. We'll have an autograph poster uh, if you want to buy it to help contribute. We'll have a donation button, I think, on the Troubadours website and everything. But uh this is a special one because I love this venue and it's done so much for so many people. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. All right. Thank you. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Bird. It's time for the Monday morning podcast for Monday, uh, June 29th. Oh my God. Where is this summer going? I mean, it always flies by, but when you got to walk around with the bra and your titties and your face, it just seems to go by so much quicker. Shout out to everybody still going to the beach. Yeah. Fuck all that fake news with the spiked virus. What, what do they know? Fucking scientists. You know? Bunch of eggheads. Think about all the smart people in high school. You didn't like them, did you? They never went to the beach. They weren't the cool people. Huh? Fucking in the sand. That was you. Why would you listen to them now? What? What, because they won the spelling bee? Listen, this is America, man. If you want to go to the fucking beach, you go to the fucking beach. All right? You don't have to wear a mask. You're an American. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, it's an embarrassment. What we're doing right now, it's like the world SATs and we're getting the fucking lowest score. Bunch of fucking, you know? And I would love to just blame the four-wheelers, you know? The people on their fucking ranches. The red sticks, that's who usually gets blamed for the dumb behavior. I'm gonna tell you this right now, I'm at the fucking Troubadour doing this show, and guess who forgot a mask? All his mask chit-chatter that went viral. Who got in his car, realized he forgot his mask. Within, gonna be fighting this fucking couch the whole time. Who forgot his mask, Real I realized that I forgot my, my mask within, uh, I don't know, half a mile of my house. Did I turn around? Did I go back? Did I think of my fellow American 
or did I think how difficult it was going to be to make a three-point turn with power steering, power brakes, and a reverse camera, reverse backup camera, whatever you call it. And I said, fuck it, I'm going to keep going. They'll have a mask for me down here. This is the Troubadour. They probably have an eight ball in the mask <laughs> to make sure that they have a good show. Um, Fortunately, I showed up. They had a mask, everything was fine. And as mentioned on the last podcast, I was gonna be down here. This is so weird, am I supposed to be playing to the camera? I, I don't even know, there's like no crowd here. This is not how I envisioned ever being on this, this stage. So this is this is a nice walk. Um, I don't know about this couch. This is definitely a pre-Me Too couch. Pre-Me Too movement couch. It's very hostile, very male. <laughs> I don't want to get that going. Jesus Christ, the way people are all attacking each other on the internet. Does it make you feel better? Huh? Okay, Karen. Okay, Brad. Okay, Chad. Okay, Boomer. You socialist. You fucking apologist. Jeez, everybody acted like they're on a fucking playground and they're like, oh my God, it's not even recording, Andrew. What happened? We record anywhere else? I thought this thing's supposed to be recorded. I can't even fucking hit record right. Well, we, we got some of that. Um, yeah, everybody else is so much better without these things. I enjoy this. I'm gonna use this as a little place to put your feet up. So I'm at the uh, the world famous Troubadour. Everyone from Joan Baez, Jackson Brown, Albert Einstein did a set here before he realized he wasn't a musician. I don't know if you realize that. He got booed off stage, and he was like, ah, oh, I'm such a fucking idiot. And then there was a groupie, consensual groupie, right? Just going, well, I think your mustache is cute. Maybe there's something else you're good at. And he's like, well, I was always pretty good with my erector set. And next thing you know, this man helped to end World War II by coming up with a device that kills all the birds, the babies, right up to the bad guys. And it needed to be done according to world history. You know, did you need to give them dessert with the entree? I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you, anybody, I'll tell you right now about America, anybody can drop one. You, you drop the second one, okay? That's, that's when the statement is made. Okay, I think that's why we've never been invaded since, uh, have we ever been invaded? I don't think we ever have. Well, you talk to Trump, he thinks we're being invaded. I'm just building fucking walls. Um, have we ever been invaded? Let's, let's go through the Rolodex here. All right, the first one was the Revolutionary War which I'm, 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 I'm reminded of because I'm watching Wheel of Fortune this week and they're in, they're, they're in Boston, you know? So of course they gotta do all this touristy Boston shit that no one in Boston does, standing in front of the Paul Revere statue, the North Church. I saw Pat Sajak throwing a fake fucking box of tea off this goddamn boat. <laughs> uh, why do they do that shit, you know what I mean? Be funny if they actually did the real Boston one. You know, they just cut to a shit face, get into a fucking street fight in the alley next to a bar down near the TAM. <laughs> um, anyway, so thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Now, if you are a fan of live music, yeah, this thing keeps shutting off, dude. I don't know what's going on here. Keeps shutting off. So we're we gonna have the recording. Why would it do that? Right when I fucking need you most. What is going on? Is it on full? Here? Is the disc? No, it's full? not full. It's not full. It's just. It appears to be when it shuts. Yeah, now it only goes on for a few seconds and then shuts off. Oh, this is exciting. This is the kind of excitement that raises money. 
listening to the only person on the show fiddle with his devices. All right, I'm hoping you guys are gonna get this, right? What is that? What is that? That is a Zoom audio recording. That's a Zoom audio recording? That looks like a Playboy picture from the 70s. Can I, can I use this as a microphone? Can you may. I, I can bring this up and everything's yes. fine? Yep, not too close. Hey, though. welcome everybody. Oh, I'm David Lee Roth here. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Hi everybody. I'm in West Hollywood with a bedazzled microphone and we're gonna do this, bitches. Um, yeah, Pat Sajak. I love the Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune makes you feel smart. Jeopardy makes you feel stupid. Wheel of Fortune is the tightest fucking show ever. Anytime there's any sort of money involved, sorry, anytime there's any sort of money involved, they have like the fucking, like the last prize of the game, they'll do shit where it'll be like, uh, this is an activity. And you guess like five letters, and then the person never gets it. And then like the, the, the puzzle, like the solution, the activity is like sewing, my buttons on my jacket. I just sit at home yelling at the TV like, that's not a fucking activity. I'd like to solve the puzzle. Um, frosted fa faucet in January. Ba -da 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 -ba -ba -ba. You get the grandfather clock. Um, anyway, so what we're doing here um, is we're trying to raise money here because a lot of these really smaller places, they're struggling here. So we're gonna have, I have a, a poster that's being made. I'm gonna autograph the thing, or not. Making sure everybody has a choice. Everything, everything is above board. I don't want to mansplain. Or anything of that nature. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm so fucking excited just to be out of the goddamn house. And I was so excited to come down here to this legendary venue and, and, and do a set and have a good time. But I gotta tell you something, you know, the lack of, of hearing any sound other than whatever that refrigeration sound is, is that the sound of an air conditioner? I have no idea what it is. It's kind of like a lonely thing, you know? Not to, not to make it a bummer, um, but this is the place when I come back, when I shake the rust off, all right? When old Billy Popsicle face He's gonna, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were giving me, talking about how difficult a time they were having in this fucking business, you know, because of X, Y, and Z. And I was just like, listen, dude, I don't wanna be an asshole, but I am the color of a fucking popsicle and I went bald, okay? It took me 28 years to get any acting work in this fucking business, all right? I would love to sit here and listen to your bitch moaning and fucking complaining, but uh, I don't have any anything for you. I really don't. Um, or should I? You know, my big question right now is when I go home, is the sound of that refrigeration just gonna be in my fucking head? I wonder if anybody's been down here that bombed so fucking bad that they actually heard that this sound in front of a full fucking audience. Um, anyway, plowing ahead. So we're gonna have an autographed poster here and uh, I'll sign the thing and, and all the money, aside from the money used, to ship the thing out is gonna to go towards uh, sending some money so this great venue can uh, stay open and when this whole fucking COVID thing is over, I just don't want it to be a bunch of Walmarts and Costco's and Spaghetti Freddy's, you know, the big boys on the goddamn street, you know? You know what is cool? I went down the street and I was nervous that that busybody place was gonna go out of business. That's a mom and pop, I think, place. 
that sells exercise equipment, then I'm like, wait a minute, that, that store is surrounded by gay guys who all appear to be shredded, you know? So you know they're always gonna be getting the latest thing to keep themselves shredded. That's another tough thing about being a gay guy. Aside from all of the homophobia is you, the level of shape that you have to stay in because you're trying to attract a guy. <laughs> it's actually a great thing because you'll stay in wonderful shape. I wonder if there's a movement within the gay community where they complain about all the rich guys trading them in for younger gay guys. Does that, is that a thing? That's gotta be a thing. I haven't done any research. I'll just say it with confidence and then, then suddenly it will become a thing. Um, anyway, uh, let's, let's do some home, home front updates here. I have been, uh, I don't know what I've been doing. I, every day I, I come on the stupid podcast and I try to like come up with, with some shit to talk about because I'm just staying at home. I'm basically living like Groundhog Day, aside from the fact that there's uh, now another person in our house who, by the way, is absolutely crushing tummy time. <laughs> crushing tummy time. And I gotta tell you, like, I'm doing all the cliche dad stuff. You know, anything he does, he lifts his head up with his feet also, you know, while he's on his stomach. Look, look at how strong his back is. He's gonna be an Olympian. I was talking to him the other day, telling him I'm gonna teach him how to fly a helicopter. I was telling him he could be whatever he wanted. And at one point I said he could be an astronaut. And then I just realized what an old dad I was that I said you could be an astronaut. Like, no dad has said that. <laughs> That's not a really lucrative, you know? I'll tell you, he's been like, just sits around for fucking ever. It's gotta be an astronaut. Is that a real fucking job anymore? Have they changed the name of it? I just like the, that there wasn't, like man wasn't in it. So they didn't have to change it, you know? Like if it was astronaut man. Um, astronaut person? Um, which would be a typical female thing, you know? After all, the monkeys die, and then the guys get in it, and they, they fucking go in and get their fucking asses kicked, and they go, what about us? Now that we know it's sort of safe, do I have any sort of I, I fucking um, password here, internet password? Yes. Oh, do I get it? I just, I'll just get on my phone, because I don't want you to yell it out. What is it? Axel's late at 9-5. Oh, redhead on redhead? Is, am I really going to do that? I fucking love Axel Rose. He can be as late as much as he wants. According to him, it wasn't his fault. Um, he's probably waiting for the sun to go down, so he wouldn't get a sunburn. That's what happened. Um, what was I looking at? Astronaut. Astronaut training. See, there's probably a fucking open mic I can go to down the street. Let's see how you look at an orange jumpsuit first. Uh, launch space, astronaut education, astronaut in training, NASA. This is 2004. It immediately goes to something. This, 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 this job doesn't exist anymore. Didn't that dude from fucking NSYNC want to be an astronaut? That's one of the dangers of being in a boy band, you know, that's super successful. You could just never recapture those heights again to the point that you're actually willing to get into something. Did he want to go to Mars? Um, at some point that has to happen. You know, if we can never stomp out this COVID, I think that that, that, uh, that, that weirdo guy who makes the really fast cars, his name isn't Tesla. The guy with the laminated face. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Um, that guy should make that thing. And what you do is you get a bunch of people who refuse to wear masks, right? 
and then you just stick them on it. And you, you, send, you send them out to Mars. There you go. It doesn't have to go to Mars. It really only has to go 100 feet in the air, and then you just shut off the thrusters and you just let it fall, right? It saves you. Wait a minute. I think I'm onto something. Then that would save you all this fucking money while trying to kill all of these people. Because I think that that's what I've learned in this, during this whole pandemic. It's that there's a virus out there killing people, and then we need to kill the virus or let it die off. And then we also need to kill the people that are not respecting that you, you, uh, you can kill others. Right? Is that how it works? I don't fucking know people. That is the loudest, what is that fucking, oh, is that the lights? The, it's got to be the lights. I don't know what the, that humming sound of the lights, the cancerous lights that I'm, 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 I'm sitting on. Anyways, let me go back to the internet. You are not connected. Okay, fine. Fine. Uh, oh, did you see Woodrow Wilson? That's in the news. Woodrow Wilson at, at Princeton University. Um, they're, they're, they're saying, we don't want this, this guy, like, I think they named the cafeteria after him. The Woodrow Wilson fucking... Uh, cafeteria in, in, in uh, Juice Bar. They named it after him. And everybody's saying the guy was uh, was unbelievable. He said all this racist shit um, when he was president or something like that. All these racist ideas, which is crazy because he was a white guy born in the 1800s. I, I can't believe he would say a bunch of crazy shit like that. So I look it up and I see all the stuff that he said. Pretty standard, pretty standard hateful shit that he said. And, uh, and I just kept scrolling, going by the obvious racist shit, just kept scrolling, just kept scrolling and waiting to find what I wanted. I wanted to find, I'm playing in the camera right now for those of you listening at home. I wanted to find what I wanted to find on that fucking thing. I wanted to see, where's, where's the shit about what, what canceled him over, over the standard white guy racist shit that he said a hundred years ago? But what about the Federal Reserve Act? That oppressed all people. His hatred was just with one segment. <laughs> His fucking Federal Reserve, and that, that, that touches all of us. Um, so anyways, so there you go. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take his name off the cafeteria, all right? We're gonna do that, but we're not gonna address what the fuck he did. Even, did he write a letter? Woodrow Wilson's letter of regret after he died. He's like, ah, oh, Jesus. You know? I, I fucking, I shouldn't have done that. I think everybody was away on like Christmas Eve or some shit. That's the way it's told. And then, you know, there was like nine people there who all promised. What, what can you give somebody back then? The first the, a motorcycle with white tires? We'll give you, <laughs> we'll give you that and a fucking a horse. And, uh, I don't know, what a, a bale of cotton? What the fuck would you, what, what, what was a gift back then? I'll give you an itchy wool suit and a team of horses. And if you put this fucking thing in, that's, that's kind of like what happened. I, I don't, I have no idea. Uh, I've been, uh, I can't say this. I don't want to, I'm trying not to do comic on comic fucking trashies here. But, uh, I don't want to do a show right now. I don't want to do a show until until this shit is gone, the COVID's gone. But I, I already have a joke if you do a show. How was your show? I killed four old people and one guy with asthma. <laughs> I'm kidding, whatever. I'm
up on stage, there's got to be a joke here. And by the way, people, I am wearing one of my favorite stand-up shirts. I've worn this thing a lot. I think I've worn it on Conan. This shirt will not fucking quit. This show can take the road, okay? Unlike a lot of these soft fucking people out here right now that just can't fucking handle any sort of breeze that messes up their bangs, this shirt is old school tough. I'm not saying it agrees with Woodrow Wilson. I don't mean that kind of old school. I mean the kind of old school toughness that made this country great. That made people get on a boat and come over here and ignore the fact that we're, there was already people here. And claim that you discovered it, right? I'm talking about that level of toughness. This is the kind of shirt that you could put measles in and hand to an indigenous people. Um, Someone will take that seriously. Somebody at the Measles Foundation. <laughs> we, you know, actually measles still kill over 5.9 million people a year. And for some reason, that doesn't get any traction. Uh, all right. What else did I want to talk about? You haven't listened to a lot of Billy Joel. I don't know why. I saw him on Howard Stern, and he just fucking blew me away, you know? When you actually see a true musician by himself with just his instrument, and he's still crushing it, you know? And even then he was going, it's like, you know, fucking nine in the morning, my voice is tired. The guy absolutely killed it. And I, I, I've been listening to a bunch of that shit. Some of the stuff you guys suggested to me, um, that woman who goes by her, H period, E period, R period. I don't know what that stands for. Forgive me. I bet if it was a guy, you'd know exactly what it stood for. Um, <laughs> I listened to that. I listened to the new Lamb of God, which has part Chris Adler on it and part uh, the new drummer, whoever that is. Really enjoyed that album. And other than that, I'm not doing shit. You know what I'm doing? I'm fucking laying around in my. I'm gonna lay down for the rest of this fucking. I'm laying around in my fucking house, and I am waiting for the day when people will just fucking stay inside and stop breathing on each other. You know. I, I, oh man, I was gonna suggest this fucking thing. I don't think it's a good idea though. I was gonna say that, no, you know what, I'm, this is what I, I'm, I'm predicting something. From a laying down position, I don't know if you guys know this, if you ever wanna have a great idea in life, you need to be laying down. Think about it. How many times have you laid down and you thought about leaving your girlfriend? She's laying next to you, she's snoring, and you're like, I have to get out of this fucking relationship. When you're across from her in a restaurant, back in the day, you know, you're eating food, there's other broads to look at, you don't give a fuck. But when you're laying down, and all you can hear is the sound of the rock star lights humming over your head, that's when you are the most clear. I'm gonna say that mass shaming at some point is gonna, uh, I can't say. I'm gonna say what it was gonna escalate to, but I just think that it, it, would, it would probably, um, can you please keep six feet away from me? Can you please do that? Um, me without a mask. Um, it's, <laughs> ah, fuck, why does the world have to be so sensitive? Huh? Isn't it enough that I have a fuzzy microphone? This is a chinchilla that I beheaded before I did this. Actually, a baboon ate it alive. Um, when a baboon's gonna get me too for fucking eating things alive? It's fucking assholes. It's like, how fresh does the meat have to be? You can't just snap the fucking thing's neck. Um, whenever I see them do that shit, I, 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 I agree with Rogan, where Rogan says that, you know, how we, we have, you know, 
Remember you did that whole bit that we're, we're monkeys? You know, I always loved that bit. And then I watched a monkey enjoying eating another thing alive. And I was just like, yep, that's human behavior. Getting off on the suffering. The suffering fucking succotash. Um, are you guys, you guys a great dad like me. I'm going to blow my own fucking horn right here. All right, consensually. Um, <laughs> I was, I, this morning, I, I made my daughter and my wife, I made him what's known as a Dutch baby. I call it a Dutch baby because I don't want to call it a German pancake because I'm actually part German and I don't want anybody to, to take little snippets of this and then all of a sudden I'm aligned with Hitler. It's actually a German pancake. We'll call it a Dutch baby, right? Um, but does that stuff make me sound like a predator? I don't know. I made this fucking thing with blueberries in it and a little bit of powdered sugar. Absolutely fucking crushed it. Got up in the morning, I did my stretches, I rehabbed my shoulder, look at this shit, look at this shit, huh? No pain, no pain, no pain, little 360s, I'm coming back. I'm gonna be doing my first pull-up by fucking 2022, when this virus is still going, and everybody's fucking hunting people with paint guns out here in LA, because they're all against guns, right? Playing laser tag for the last piece of fucking, uh, was it foie gras? What's the thing where they force feed the geese? Is it foie gras? Foie gras. Yeah. Foie gras. Hey, wh wh where is your fucking life at? How, like, how high is your fucking rent that you're sticking a funnel in a goddamn goose's mouth just shoving food into the fucking things? How do you shake that off? How do you fucking go home? You know, your honey, you know, she wants to have a fucking date night. Oh, you're in an alternative lifestyle. Let's be respectful here. Or your boyfriend. Or they. Right? They want to watch... Uh, what, was that? what was that? What was that fucking show that they had? Transcontinental? Trans... Uh, what, what was it called? Transparent. Transparent. I knew they worked it in there. Trans-American Airlines. Whatever, right? <laughs> you don't fucking... You go to sit down with them or they, or him or her, to watch a fucking movie. How do you shake that off? You know? As he's sitting there next to you being like, I don't feel like you're into this movie the way I thought you were gonna be. And you gotta be like, well, you know. I mean, I was all down for like hooking up tonight and watching this movie, but I mean, I force-fed a goose all day. <laughs> I can't get the sound of those flapping wings out of my head. Jesus Christ. I mean, is that something to be proud of? You don't see that bumper sticker, right? Right next to my, my son's a fucking... My son's on the Dean's list, whatever the fuck these idiots, idiots say. That's always next to some soccer ball fucking bumper sticker. My son force-fed a goose today, and oh boy, we can't wait to fucking eat that thing in a month. It started with peasants so that they could fatten up the liver because they needed more food out of that one goose. So that, they it started with peasants? Yeah, so they force-fed it through the funnel so that they could fatten it up to get enough goose out of that goose. Why couldn't they just shoot a fucking squirrel, too? You know, there's <laughs> other things to eat. Wow, man. I gotta try a goose liver at some point. That's gotta be a good fucking... That's gotta be some good eats, huh? 
forceful. Like, <laughs> the older I get, the more I blame God. I mean, our behavior is just inexcusable. And I just really feel like at first there was just God, and then he realized what he created, and then he needed a scapegoat. It's almost like a script that didn't have like, an antagonist and a protagonist. Who's, who's, who's the bad guy in that, Andrew? Antagonist, protagonist. Antagonist. The antagonist. Pro, right? You're going for the, 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 the pro. All those, you know? I'm a pro. Everything with P is like positive, right? Pro, pussy, prostitute. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, oh, look who decided to show up. Finally. Oh, look who just showed up. Is that Axel? <laughs> look who finally shows up. What's going on? I'm like 35 minutes in. 35 minutes in. If I told you the absolute rock star that I am now friends with that just walked into this room, and I don't want to, I'm not going to name the name, you know, because I don't want you guys to resent me. I've seen all these people, all these celebrities during this, this whole pandemic. They try to say something positive, and all people do is just concentrate on their impossibly huge kitchens. Now, a lot of people don't realize the man who just they shit on us, don't they? Huh? They shit on us, they don't they? They shit on us. You trying to be bottom? Is that, is that, a, is that an accent? Okay. All right. The great Mike Binder. The great Mike Binder. You gave me a shot. You didn't care that I was the color of a popsicle, did you? Nope. You didn't. You're like, you know what? I need a challenge. Now, not only am I going to stick this balding right into my movie, I'll have to paint the back of his head every day before he goes on set. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to make him a lawyer. And that wonderful movie was called Black or White, starring Kevin Costner, Octavia Spencer, Spencer, sorry, Anthony Mackie. And so, I can only think of one thing at a time. All right, Mike, we're going to smoke a cigar after this, right? Yeah. All right. Can you not sit there and stare at me like you're waiting to fucking end my what you, career? What do you want me to stare at you from? Why don't you go sit on one of those fucking ones over there that Lemmy puked on back in the day? Now, that's sacrilegious, because you know that guy never puked. Whoever was drinking with Lemmy that night. All I know is this is where Elton John made his debut. That's why Elton John made his debut here, who I recently saw in Las Vegas. That guy is such a beast. He had no opener, played for three hours, nothing but hits. He didn't play once, there wasn't one bathroom break song. I wanted to go to the bathroom about 90 minutes in, and then he would just, ah, oh, fucking Crocodile Rock, can't go now. Oh, Daniel, my brother, can't leave now. Um, anyways, what was I, I was talking about foie gras, force-feeding gooses. God needed a scapegoat. I think at the beginning, he was talking shit, like, yeah, motherfucker, I thought it was going to take a week, and I did it in six days. I got my feet up in seven days. I, what do you think, what if, what if God took eight days to build this thing? What if he just spent a little more time on human beings, you know? So that we wouldn't do shit like take us. Although, if you look at all the other animals out there, specifically the praying mantis and some of these other ones, I mean, they're just, they all got the devil in them. I think lions are nice. Like, if I had to get killed by a praying mantis or a lion, I would choose a lion. You know? I wouldn't want an alligator, because they don't have the ability. They, they, after they fucking drown me, then they gotta do that, that, that. You know, they clamp onto you and then they fucking whip their head around so that like the other 90% of your body flies off and then they got like, you know, your right ass cheek in their mouth and then they just, oh, they gulp it down. 
It's like the binge-watching version of eating. Uh, yeah, you, you want to be, if you're going to get murdered by an animal, you want to go with, with, a, with, with one of the cats of prey. Now, am I still being recorded? You just walked away. Jesus Christ. Andrew, when did you start wearing the hat backwards when you're filming? That's like a, that's a big, you look like a seasoned vet now. Um, how far into this fucking thing am I? I don't have any sort of 30 minutes. 30 minutes in. Okay, we're getting off, so I should, I should do the advertising. Um, all right, where are we? Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, hey, let's go places. Masks, chicken intelligence. How do I tell a friend to fuck off? Honoring a psycho. This is, I'm, I'm teasing this. Classic rock song about Stanley Cup conspiracy. New York Times hack. Where the fuck is, what am I doing here, Andrew? Ah, oh, here we go. Oh, Jesus, here we go. We got the reeds here. We got the Rex reeds here. All right, Raycon, everyone. You know, whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, somebody just fell down the stairs. You all right? Is that Mike? Yeah. Yeah, Mike, be careful when you're walking around up there. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that's the VIP room. Yeah. I'm just letting you know, because I know you've never been invited up there. <laughs> um, Is the Raycon earbuds? Oh, shit. Look at these things. Okay, Raycon. Whether you're working from your home or working on your fitness, I already like these. These are sexy, man. You want uh, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, uh, not what your roommates, neighbors, significant other, children, and all of that shit are listening to. That's right. You want to be in your own world, ignoring your children and fantasizing that you're Randy Rhodes. This is the product for you. Everyone needs to get a great pair of wireless earbuds. Oh my God, these things are great. Oh my god, I, can I put this in here? Has it been fucking vaccinated? Inoculated? Holy shit, these are tremendous. I, and I was a big non-earbud person. I, I, I still like the headphones, and I think I've just been converted. Okay, but before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Absolutely. Anything that's not Apple, you got to be for it, right? This is a mom and pop place. Uh, Raycon earbuds started at about half price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market and they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. This is it right here. The mom and pop place is just as good as the gourmet place. You just have to know where it is. All right? Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, <laughs> I just wear them every day, are the best ones yet. 
with six hours of play time. That means you can get on a plane in LA, fly all the way to fucking New York, and you're fine. There's gonna be a uh, stewardess. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, I know it's on. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. What? Um, hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and more compact design that gives you a nice, noise, isolated fit. And what I love is they come in this little thing where you can fucking, I like this, we're videotaping this. Look at this. Oh, you're telling me I just get, I just get the earbuds? Wait a minute, that's not all. You also get this little fucking thing you can stick them in so you won't lose them. It's beautiful, just the size of a tumor. Um, <laughs> a, a benign tumor, one that can be operated on. Uh, Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, and they are comfortable. I have one in right now and I don't want to take it out. That's uh, it's fucking, it's amazing. It's amazing, oh my God. Perfect for conference calls or, bring, or binging podcasts. Raycon is a game changer. You're not getting these back, by the way. These things, are, these things fucking rule. Uh, Raycon is a game changer when it comes to what you expect to pay for high quality earbuds. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish uh, and discreet with no dangling wires or stems to distract anyone during video calls. Is that right? Can you see me? Stop looking at this, it's pretty stylish. Oh, check them out, I have them in there. Um, unlike some of your other wireless options, wait, I already did that. You've heard me, you've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, I did his podcast, he's also a voice on F is the Family, Cardi B, Melissa Etheridge, Brandy, J.R. Smith, do you play for the Knicks? Right? Are obsessed with Raycons. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Uh, get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash fur. That's buyraycon.com slash fur for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash fur. Hey, have we panned around to show people this, this amazing venue that most people don't ever get to go into. Huh? There's the block. There's the standing room only. Up here is the VIP right there with that dirty window that I don't know how many titties were pressed against. Who knows? Back in the day, back in the day when fun was had. And up here's where the band. That's why they got the curtains. The amount of billionaires. Hey Phil, best, yes. place, best place to see a show. Best place to see a show right here. Mike Finder says, best place to see a show. All right. Let me read the next the next one. Where the fuck is it? I feel like 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 I'm, I'm running for president and I don't have my notes and the whole fucking thing the campaign just said. Is this all I have? Is this what? Niva? Niva, yeah. Niva. You read this How is the, the fuck is that spelled N-I-V-A? It stands for something. Oh. Niva. The troubadour is part of Niva. The Nash the nation. <laughs> it doesn't mean national. The Nation Independent Venue Association formed at the onset of the COVID-19 shutdown. The National Independent Venue Association, now it's national, it said nation first, um, now has nearly 2,000 members in all 50 states and Washington, D.C. These are fully independent concert venues uh, and show promoters. I love these people. I like these people. Uh, these businesses were, first, were the first to close and will be the last to reopen. They are at real risk of closing permanently if Congress what the fuck? Somebody just said something in my ear. Fuagua? Did I just say Fuagua? I gotta put this away, sorry. Um, they're at real risk of 
closing permanently if Congress does not take quick and specific action to address the unique circumstances of this still shuttered component of the economy. Yeah, I would say that this, this is pretty, what do they say, uh, if you're vital, this is going to be vital for when people come back. Essential. Essential, sorry. Here's how you can help. The Troubadour and all the important independent venues within NIVA, 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 uh, please go to www.saveourstages.com and click on Take Action to write your representative and express your support for NIVA. Hashtag Save Our Stages. NIVA website is www.saveourstages.com. All right, is it time for the reads? Is it time for the reads? It's time for advice with your host, Billy Burr. And I'm ripping off this melody from somebody else. All right. Like that? That was fucking acapella. I think I went the wrong way and I mixed all of these up. This is like literally me, why I was never on the debating team. Anyway, I literally fucked all of these up. I don't have them in the right order. I'll, I'll just, I'll, we'll talk about something else, shall we? Yeah, All right. All right, somebody's writing in from Montenegro. Who I was immediately, I was like, I know where that is. And I believe there's an F1 race there. And then I looked where it was on the map and I was wrong. Montenegro, believe it or not, is right on the Mediterranean Sea. And I'll tell you right now, out of all the seas out there, the Mediterranean Sea is the greatest place I've ever been to in my life. And I bet, I bet the beaches of Montenegro are to die for. Especially if you don't wear a mask. Thank you, everybody. That was a COVID joke. Um, Jesus Christ. All right, he's back. He's back. This is what it's like running for president right now. You ride it, I'll say it. I mean, I'll fucking say it. Um, all right. Hello from Montenegro, which we now know is it's across, it's due east of Italy where that nipple hangs out. Not the boot, not the high heel. Um, it's uh, south of Bosnia, Serbia, Croatia, and just north of uh, Macedonia. Kosovo, Bulgaria. I would love to go over there, man. One of the best cigars, the two best cigars I ever smoked was right on the Mediterranean Sea with Joe Bartnick and Club Soda Kenny. Ah! Oh! Sat right there, we were in Tel Aviv. I smoked a uh, Partagas Series D and the first day uh, a Cohiba Robusto and they were fucking real. And I don't need to look at the bands, I don't need to do any of that shit. You know the second you light a Cuban. You light a Cuban cigar and it's real, everybody says the same thing. After one pop, you just go, oh my God, that's it. Oh my God. And if your friend's lighting it and he says it first, you get chills like, holy fuck. These are, these, these are real, right? These are real. And then you're like, oh fuck, did I get the fake one? Uh, all right, hello from Montenegro. Um, don't you think they should change the name of that country? <laughs> all right, hello, Bill Burr. My name is, oh Jesus, Alexander, A-L-E-K-S-A-N-D-A-R. And I am from Montenegro. Oh my God, that reminds me of my daughter. I am Muana from Montenui. I always read that book, that movie with The Rock. Um, I like your comedy a lot, especially your podcast. You are funny as fuck, but your lovely lady is funnier than you. Oh, come on! <laughs> I, I, I would never disagree with that. She's hilarious. I am also a uh, bold bud. At least I'm not a fucking ginger. What is a bold bud? Also bald butt. Also bald butt. Oh. How did you figure that out? He wrote bold butt. I'm also bald butt. At least I'm not a fucking ginger. Ah, oh, the hatred continues. 
I hope that you will come soon in this part of the world. I could say much more, but my English is limited. Kind regards. I gotta tell you something, man. If everybody breaks balls the way this guy does, that would be one of the most fun shows I've ever had. I'll tell you what's really underrated is the amount of great shit talkers out there. You know, I've stated the obvious, like when I've gone on the road, that like uh, people in Ireland and Scotland are fucking hilarious, people in Australia are fucking hilarious, but then underrated, right? Underrated, India, some of the biggest ball breakers I ever met in my life, fucking hilarious people. Um, then a lot of the other places, there's like a language barrier, so I'm sure they're breaking my, well there was in India too, but there's so many telemarketers over there, we were able to communicate. Um, it still kills me that I did a show, and that was my opening fucking joke, and I forgot to do it. I was so freaked out because I had to go to the, uh, their embassy to get a piece of paper. I had, to get a, I had to send my passport. Once again, I know I've told this story before. Before I went to India, I had to send my passport to San Francisco to the uh, India's, I don't know what, what a consulate fucking uh, embassy, I don't know what. Had to get work papers, and then when I went to India, I needed to get a paper that said it was okay. I could that I could leave, and the whole time I was like, I don't like the fucking sound of that, you know. And my the promoter's like, Oh yeah, don't worry about it. It'll be fucking fine. It'll be fine because you fucking live here. So I ended up going there, and it sucked because I was only going to be there for like 36 hours, and I spent like like four stressful hours in there in there government building trying to get this fucking piece of paper that said I was going to leave and the, the promoter was like don't worry I'll go in there with you and then I fucking go in and they're like you can't come in and then I'm in there I'm chilling with this chick from Afghanistan and she's like I don't think I'm getting out of here and I'm like I don't think I'm getting out of here either and then I found out one of those some, some beautiful raven haired chick who plays the piano one of those Nora Jones type chicks but not her one of those chicks she uh uh, no, when I was, she won a Grammy. She had an album, she just won Grammy. She was beautiful, had dark hair, played the piano. Nora Jones? I, I don't know what the fuck her name was. All I know was she, they, they told me, my, the promoter told me before I went in there, was like, yeah, she was here a month ago and they didn't let her out. And I'm like, they didn't let her out? They didn't let my fucking orange ass out of this fucking country? Um, so anyways, long story short, I ended up getting a piece of paper. The whole time I was doing my show, in the back of my head, it's like, am I still gonna be here tomorrow? What's that gonna look like? You know? I love a cheeseburger. And I am in the wrong goddamn country. I'm seeing stray pounds, I'm trying to fucking, you know, think of how, how, how I'm gonna survive over here. And uh, my opening joke was gonna be, hey, what's up everybody? Nice to be here in Mumbai, you know? Um, I, forgot the, I, I can't remember the joke. It was something like, I, and I know, I've already talked to most of you on the phone. <laughs> By the way, I know your name isn't Scott. <laughs> that was going to be the opening joke, and I forgot to fucking do it because I was so freaked out. And I ended up going to the airport right after the show and had a red-eye flight. And I got there, and, and, and the gatekeeper guy was breaking my balls, but there was nobody in the airport. And I actually got mad at him, and in my head, I was like, you just fucked yourself. But, he, he, oh yeah, I, I told this story before, but I was never able to do the thing. They got this great thing in India where... If you ask them a question, like, they'll do this thing where they, they just bobble their head. They don't say yes, is that yes, yes, and they don't go no. Like I got the piece of paper at the, the embassy thing and go, okay, does this mean that I'm gonna get out of here tonight? I'm definitely getting out of here, right? And the lady goes like, <laughs> just like, and I realized 
that in that 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 in their country that's that's shrugging that's that's shrugging your shoulders. So I had to figure that out. So I fucking go to the airport and I'm like, all right, I got the paper. I, I got to get on the plane. And the fucking guy's looking at the paper and I'm like, I'm good, right? And the guy he he starts doing this shit. I just wanted to grab his fucking head and, and just start tilting it like an old TV set, you know. Um, and he actually, God bless that man, he let me get on. And I did not feel comfortable until I changed planes to Tel Aviv. And I got on the greatest airline there is, that I already forget the name of it. It's where they still hire, like, I can't say still hire beautiful stewardesses, because Singapore Airlines had beautiful stewardesses too. Um, Arab Emirates? Air Emirates. Oh my God. It was like being on an airplane 30 years ago and being on the Jetsons all at the same time. It was the future and the past in the greatest fucking way ever. It was amazing. And I used all my miles and we sat up front and I went in the back. First class, we were upstairs. We went downstairs with all you fucking animals. We were upstairs in the privileged area and I loved every second of it and every fucking free M&M that I ate, I didn't once think about you people who put your pant legs on one at a time. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so I go to the back, I gotta take a piss, you know, I'm fucking doing this shit as I'm going back, you know, and I go in the back and there's like a fucking half circle bar, like a full fucking bar that like six people can sit again on, and I'm like, oh my God. So I take a leap, I, and I came back, and I, I said to my lovely wife, I go, Mia, come on back. She goes, where are we going? She's like, where are we gonna go? Are you gonna show me the bathroom? I go, no, come on, I wanna, I wanna get you a drink. She goes, you can't, I go, just fucking come with me. I took her to the back and she saw that semicircle thing. And, and next to the semicircle bar, they had a bench seat with this giant fucking, I remember it as one giant seat belt, which is really creepy, because if you didn't know the person, then you gotta kind of share it. You know, but I don't know, it's a different, you know, there's different cultures. I don't know what it is, right? <laughs> so I fucking, uh, we sat down and I had two drinks, I got a nice fucking buzz going. And uh, I remember we were on our way to New York, I forget what the fuck we were doing over there. And uh, I do remember we stayed at some really expensive hotel that I was pissed when I got the bill. My wife booked that one. What, I thought you'd like it because it had a gym. <laughs> Best Western has a gym. We're in New York, I can just fucking walk over to the subway. I'm burning enough calories, I just gotta stay away from the pizza. All I'm trying to do is make it nice. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, Bill, I am normally, okay, I'm gonna clear up this shit. Ah! I wanna clear up this shit, by the way. This is, this is video of me and Joe Rogan joking around about those masks. And for some reason, the story became like, I schooled him or, you know, I, I was shutting him down and blah, blah. I fucking love Joe Rogan. He's one of my great friends in this fucking business. I don't know why they always have to pit me. If you look at us, we're both laughing our asses off. We're a couple of fucking meatheads smoking cigars, having a good time, all right? So anyways, this guy writes, um, you're, uh, wait, I, I don't even want to read this to, to, to feed the fucking thing. Uh, do I supposed to read the next one? The next one. All right, Max, Dear Billy Two-Step, you must have seen me dance. I can do that. I can dance in a little box, you know? It's all about getting on the dance floor with the woman who she knows how to dance. She fucking dances around you. You're, you're just, you're just you're still in this shit, right? <laughs> hey, up here. Hands up here. Not touching anything. Not touching anything. Ladies! Um... Uh, Dear Billy Two-Step, I'm loving the Bill Burt podcast. Thank you. Uh, last week you mentioned that the clip that went viral of you and Rogan wasn't what it seemed to be. 
and that you were just busting Joe's balls and making him laugh. Yeah, yesterday Joe had John Stewart on and they talked about that clip. Joe jokingly said, can you say you'll wear a mask? Oh, John jokingly said that. Joe said, of course he wears masks in public, that he was just trying to get you going. None of this seems far-fetched. I was wondering if you could address the people who tried to co-opt your humor to fit their we don't like Joe Rogan agenda. I saw many tweets saying things like, Bill Burr helping to cancel Joe Rogan. Yeah, man, that shit. I gotta tell you something right now. That fucking bullshit. Like all these progressive people that are literally, like Fox News could learn something from them the way they edit shit and present evidence and all of that type of stuff. It's just like, people, there's, there's a big beautiful world out there and there's room for everybody. And if you're gonna take somebody out, you know what I mean? Just fucking do your due diligence. All right, you know, because this shit, there was nothing to this. This was just us having fun. And then you're pissed about something else. And then you're trying to like, you know. Hey, can I say something to ruin your podcast? No. Come on. No, shut the fuck up. You're an even older white guy than I am. I'm I already know, in enough I trouble. Know. I know, but I am. Shut up, Mike Binder, please. I would just want to ruin uh, your podcast. Okay. I got so many calls about that. I can't. I got so many calls about that. And I said, Mike, shut up. I am fucking guy. I know I and love that guy. If you're friends with Bill, that's the way he treats you on every like, phone call. Can you believe he's stone sober? This man hasn't had a drink in like 30 fucking years. <laughs> I can't imagine when you used to get hammered. Um, all right, yes, you're right. Exactly right. Um, anyways, all right. Can I announce the project that you're doing, by the way? No. Fuck. All right. See, like how I ask? All right, chicken intelligence. Uh, hey, Billy Boy. Hey, Billy Boy. In June, on, in your, oh, this is an amazing thing. I, I was talking about, I, there was all this shit about chickens, how chickens can count up to 10. They can see more colors than us. So I was saying, if you have a bunch of chickens and you're going to kill one, you got to make sure you have over 10 so they don't get wise to it, right? Because they'll just start over again. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think everybody's here, right? They stop at 10. You could have 1,000 chickens and kill 990. You gotta kill 991 before these stupid chickens figure it out, right? Um, in your June 18th podcast, you said you were bothered by eating chickens even though they have the intelligence of a two-year-old. Did I say it was or it wasn't? Is that worded correctly? I don't remember what I said. You said at what reading level would it take to get you to stop eating a chicken? Oh, at what reading? <laughs> All right, my family has been raising chickens for generations and let me give you the other side of the story. Oh God, everybody gets their feelings. As an owner of chickens, um, of, all, of all of the barnyard animals, chickens are easily the stupidest. <laughs> I love it. I always heard pigs are smart. I heard cows are smart too. I heard horses are smart, but they're a little full of themselves. Anybody else? They got that nice mane, you know, they think this shit doesn't stink. Um, of all the barnyard animals, chickens are easily the stupidest. They are little better than lizards. Raising chickens is a constant battle to keep these feathered idiots from killing themselves or each other. People outside, I mean, they really are just a food source. You know what I mean? They can't run fast, they can't fucking fly, and they're delicious. You know, God knew what he was doing when he made it. Uh, but the poultry... Wait. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, people outside of the poultry business may not know this. Like how he said the poultry business. You know, he's talking shop there, so I, you know, just in case, you know, he must have keep me on my heels here. But one of the most common causes of chicken death is cannibalism. 
I'm not making this up. Oh my God. God bless this guy. Whether this is even true or not, does it even matter nowadays? This is fucking great. I'll never feel guilty again eating chicken. While toddlers also require constant attention to make sure they are safe, there is little danger of a poorly supervised daycare turning into a cannibal holocaust. Oh, he uses the holocaust word. Um, have you ever noticed how veganism is much more popular among city people than rural? Some would say that it is due, due, uh, has to do with education, but I believe it's because people who are closer to animals have fewer illusions about how human they are. <laughs> Enjoy your roast chicken. The cannibal chickens would happily join, in you, uh, join you in your meal. Greetings from the sticks. Oh, buddy, how can you bring it up and not give me, I wanna hear the stories. This guy has to write back. I want to hear the Ed Gein stories of these fucking chickens eating each other. Wow. I mean, what is their excuse when the chicken cops show up? I mean, well, uh, he's fucking to eat chicken. He's delicious. You all know how good we taste it. Um, fishing trip. This is weird. I, this is this is also not in the right. You just book. grabbed the last one you just put down. There was more. Grab the last one I just put down. Oh, okay. Here we go. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Classic rock song about Stanley Cup conspiracy. Have I promoted uh, the Troubadour enough? I feel like I just sat down and just did the podcast here. You know? If you want uh, again, well, I'll cut it in after. Just all right, so just walking by, and the person you're living with but can't really stand that you enjoy this podcast, I am, I am live right now, recording live and unedited here at the Troubadour. We're raising money to keep this wonderful venue that some of the greatest artists of all time from rock, all the way, like Richard Pryor's been on this stage, uh, uh, Steve Martin has been on this stage, um, drops, George, Carlin. George Carlin's been on this stage, and then a major drop-off all the way down to me has been on this fucking stage. We gotta save this place. Come on, this fucking place. I've got shit-faced in here. I've had a great, great, great fucking time in, in this place. This place cannot go away. Um, I won't let it. I won't let it happen. Alright, classic rock song about Stanley Cup conspiracy. Hell, hey, Billy Barilko. I uh, hope you didn't struggle with that last name. You hooked on fun. I did. You hooked on phonics, reliant old man. Uh, how old is this guy that he used hooked on phonics? You're my age, buddy. That was a hacky joke when I started. So. Uh, big fan. Love all the content you've been providing us with. Uh, Epics for Family Season 4, King of Staten Island, Black or White, and all the podcast appearances. Uh, the song uh, 50 Mission Cat by the Canadian classic rock band The Tragically Hip, depicts the story of the 1951 Stanley Cup final between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the fucking Habs. Fashion Bill Barilko uh, scored the winning goal in game five. Four months later, he takes a small prop plane to go on a fishing trip in Quebec with a buddy. The plane vanishes. The plane was discovered 35 miles off course 11 years later in 1962. The next time the Maple Leafs won the cup, uh, oh, 11 years later, in 1962, the next time the Maple Leafs won the cup. All too coincidental. Wait, what coincidental thing happened there? The Maple Leafs were winning the cup like every other fucking year, weren't they back then? Anyway, uh, anyways, he said it the way, I wrote it the way I say it. I highly recommend checking out the Tragically Hip. They're legends up here and never made it elsewhere because they were a bit too Canadian. Their songs rock and their frontman Gord Downey has a crazy life story as well. Um, I will definitely check them out. I'm going to look up that Bill uh, Barilko. Wait. 
The plane was discovered 35 miles off course 11 years later. That was 1951, the next time the Maple Leafs won the cup. All too coincidental. Well, you know what? If that band is as, as Canadian as that fucking analogy, I don't think I'm going to get them either. <laughs> I didn't get that. Um, all right, how do I tell a friend to fuck off? Oh. <laughs> Mike, you want to take this one? It's easy. All right, dear Billy Booze Tits, I have not drank in, in 19 months. All right? I am better than all of you. Um, I'm a 20-year-old guy from, I'll tell you, this place is making me thirsty. I'm a 20-year-old guy from the Netherlands, so please excuse me if my English isn't perfect. I love they always say that, and then they write perfect English. I am in a friend group with seven other guys, but I am friends with only six of them. The one guy I don't like is a complete egomaniac, slash probably the leader of the group, and I don't want to be around him for the following reasons. He always makes everything about him, Whenever someone is telling a personal story, you will interrupt them by telling a way less interesting story about himself. You could say you lost your grandparents in a horrific car crash, and he will interrupt you by saying his car was almost hit by a car, his cat was almost hit by a car once. That's a great joke, and I fucked it up. I'm sorry. Um, he always makes himself out to be the victim of every single situation. Whenever something goes wrong, he will always find a way to talk about how the situation affected him the most, even though a lot of times this is not the case. This is especially annoying when someone is opening up about some fucked up shit that happened in the, his past, which some of us rarely ever do because of this. Uh, he's a fucking dick when it comes to money. Jesus, this guy is just aces right down the fucking... Um, us Dutchies are known for being greedy cunts, but this guy gives a whole new dimension to it. Uh, whenever he... <laughs> For even the cheapest thing, he will demand his money back immediately, and when he doesn't, he will forever remind you of the one time he bought you a single drink and how generous he is for doing so. Dude, the more you're writing about this guy, the less sympathy I have for you. Where the fuck is your self-esteem? You should have told this guy to fuck off in the first two sentences. Uh, whenever you buy him something, he will never thank you for it or offer you to pay you back even a single penny. How do I tell him that I don't want to hang out with him anymore without starting a big drama? I'm afraid he will portray me as this evil maniac who hurts his innocent little heart and set my friends up against me. I also don't want to hurt his feelings because I'm somewhat of a nice guy and I fear, oh yeah, you got to the root of the problem there. And I fear he may be autistic or something like that as that would explain a lot of his antisocial behavior. Love to stand up the podcast, Ephesus Family. Thanks a lot, and go fuck yourself. Um, all right, we got to the meeting of the order. Right there. I don't want to hurt his feeling because I'm somewhat of a nice guy. You're not somewhat of a nice guy. You're too much of a nice guy, and I guarantee his other six friends are also like that, because nobody else would put up with a guy like that, all right? So, what you need to do is grow a dick, and let those balls hang down, and you need to tell this guy to fuck off. You're not, if what you say, if your perception of the story, because everything is alleged, everybody, until proven, um, if what you're saying is true, yeah, just tell this guy to fuck off. Just tell the guy, just be like, yeah, I don't like you. You're a cheap fuck. You know, I buy you drinks all the time, you never say thanks, and if you buy me a drink, I never fucking hear the end of it. You always make everything about yourself. Look at you, your bottom lip is already quivering because you, you think your feelings are hurt. I'm telling you, you're a cunt. And then call him a cunt in English. Back to Dutch. Seven way, are you, what, what, are you, what are you fearing that you're losing? What you need to do is you need, actually, you need to become a stronger person. 
So you don't, because you will constantly end up in a situation like this. All right, if you're a really nice person, the chances of you marrying a cunt are off the charts. Because cunts marry nice people. That's what I did. Because only nice people put up with our behavior. All right, honoring a psycho. Um, how, how should he do it? Uh, not over the phone. You gotta do it face to face. How about the next time somebody's telling a story and you're interested and he interrupts? Can you just, just be like, oh, well you shut <laughs> the fuck up. No, no, better yet, let's hear your story. Oh my God, that's so much more interesting than I fought in a war. What other knickknack did you find at the back of your closet, you boring cunt? <laughs> hey, how about you pick up the check for once, huh? Then all your other fucking friends are going to be staring at the table because they're going to be afraid of confrontation because that's why he hangs out with you guys. All right, honoring a psycho. Uh, hey there, Billy, leader of the new free world. This reminded me of a show you were talking about where the woman was crazy, but they somehow acted like all their violent crimes were nothing big. I'm a woman, and I've been known, and I've known a few psycho women, so I don't discriminate when it comes to people who need the chloroform rag. That's the bit of yours I saw. My dad showed it to me. Oh, thank you. Uh, the article is called Overlooked No More, Valerie Solanus, radical feminist who shot Andy Warhol. Oh yeah, I read about that. I didn't even know that fucking story. Yeah, she shot the guy, and he ended up dying of his injuries, in, uh, related injuries, uh, injuries related to the shooting, like, what was it, 25 years later? You're, you're big in the art world, Mike. <laughs> uh, Valerie Solanus is best known as the woman who shot Andy Warhol, but to focus on the shooting is to ignore her contributions to the feminist movement, including her seminal text, Scum Manifesto. <laughs> this is from the New York Times book. You know, John Wilkes Booth made a, an incredible peach cobbler, and to just focus on his assassination of, of Abraham Lincoln is to not do this man justice. Um, yeah, well, I guess I need to be progressive and understand that this murderer um, actually has something to say. This, this woman who shot a man actually has some good points to make about the male-female dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> That's from the New York Times? Can you ever get mad again when Fox News makes fun of the New York Times? I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I think Fox is as bad as the New York Times on the other side, but Jesus Christ. I'll have to read the book, Scum Manifesto. I had it in the car. I had it in the car? Well, listen, how bad do you think white guys were behaving back when she was around? And then I love, she ends up picking like the most effeminate, like, you know, looks like the most anti-toxic, I don't know, who knows, maybe, maybe he was a bully. Maybe Andy deserved to be shot. And the fact that he took 25 years to die. He took 25 years to die. <laughs> just shows his white male privilege. <laughs> Doctors kept him alive for 25 years. Um, no need to read on the podcast. So why am I reading this? I don't know. You got the bottoms on the end of that. The other oh, one. What? You got to finish the sheet. It's on that. The bottom. Just start that. See? Oh, what, what, what? Yeah, that. Overlooked. I, I read No, it's New York Times hack. New York Times hack. I believe Blockbuster. Now I read the rest of this? Yeah. Oh, sorry. All right. No need to read on the, on the podcast. 
or heard you talking about how the Times kicks you off after reading one article on your podcast with Bert and Jim Norton. Yeah, whenever I click on an article that I want to read and I find out that it's a New York Times related article, the thing pops up after a paragraph and then I click off because I subscribe to the Boston Globe and the Boston Herald and I can't remember my passwords and I never read them. Um, why would I sign up for another newspaper? Uh, you can put a after .com on any article and read it for free. If, I shouldn't have read this on the podcast because now they're going to know. If you want to shout out Josh for the tip on the pod without giving out the secret, I'll take the love. You're the man. All right, leave that out. Leave that out. Shout out, shout out to Josh for giving me the New York Times hack. I've got to pass it on to other people. I shouldn't even say that. They'll Google it. Whatever. People will figure it out. All right. That's the pot. Is that it? That's yeah. You just... I want to thank the Troubadour. And out of respect for all the great rock stars, for the most part, I did sit down uh, during all this. And I'll tell you, just, let me just talk about the venue for a little bit. I cannot believe how small this fucking stage is. And I remember feeling the same way uh, the first time I went to the Comedy Cellar during the day. I couldn't believe how small the stage was and how small the room felt because you'd go up there and it was so electric when the place was full. And I remember the day I had to go down to the comedy store, I mean, the, the comedy cellar during the day was because of something Patrice did when he was on stage that Manny and Esty wanted to have a big comics meeting. And Patrice didn't even show up. <laughs> Hilarious. And all I remember that showed up was me, Bobby Kelly, and David Tell were the only ones that showed up for this big comic meeting, uh, if I remember correctly. But um, this is an absolutely legendary stage. I want to thank everybody here at the Troubadour for allowing me to come down here. Thank you for all the great shows that you've done down here. And thank you to everybody who's going to buy the poster. Just give anything you can to keep this amazing venue open, because open, someday you're going to come here, hopefully, and see the next great band or one of the bands that you always wanted to see in an intimate setting. I absolutely fucking love this place. It would not be LA if this place wasn't still around. So if you can, I know everybody's struggling, but if you can help this venue out, it would mean the world to me. And like I said, I'm, I'm a, I think I'm gonna start doing one of these down here every single month. Uh, maybe have any, a guest next time. Uh, whatever I can do, it's the positive thing I'm trying to do during this time with so much everybody screaming and yelling and at each other's throats. Uh, trying to do something positive. So that's it. Go fuck yourselves. I'll check in on you on Thursday. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to the Troubadour. And thank you to the great Mike Binder for filling up the VIP with himself and his giant Hollywood ego. God bless you. Alright, how was that? I think I just hit stage. Joni Mitchell, James Taylor, Waylon Jennings, average white band. Who's, I don't know who that is. That's uh, Bette Midler, John Denver, Todd Rundgren, Little Feet, Sam fucking Kinnison, Cheech and Chong, Joan Baez, Elton John made his American debut here. His debut in America, I should say. Pointer Sisters, Willie Nelson, Miles Davis, Van Morrison, Dawkins, yeah, baby, Wasp, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Return to Forever. Who is in the... I should know that band. That was like a big. I thought Tony Williams. I thought Tony Williams was in that. That. That's, uh, is that uh, Lenny White? Who's in that band? Who's that drummer? Lenny who? Uh, Herbie Hancock, Chris Christopherson, Jackson Brown. 
There you go. Steve Martin opened for Richard Pryor. That was an actual show here. Can you imagine if he went to that? Uh, Tom Petty, Cat Stevens, Billy Joel, Harry Chapin, and the cat in the cradle. Jimmy Buffett. I love Wheel of Fortune. And what do they have? Huh? You, go to, you go to Margaritaville. But this place, if anything's going to challenge my sobriety, look at this fucking chair. How do you not get fucking hammered? Get fucking hammered here, man. Look at this stuff. This is incredible. All right, so that concludes our quick little tour here at the Troubadour. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, you can go to the Troubadour website to donate. I have an autographed poster. And uh, I know everybody out there is struggling, but uh, if you got a couple extra bucks and you could send it this way, this is such a legendary place. And it's been just such a wonderful venue for so many incredible artists throughout the decades. And it's a huge part of Los Angeles. And uh, I don't want to see it go. So if you can help me out and help them out, it would be awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon neutral future. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota. 
hey, let's go places.